Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that engages us today is from the lesson just read, specifically Jeremiah 36, verse 23. As Jehudi read from three or four columns, King Jehoiakim would cut them off with a knife. Paper shredders range in price and size from small, relatively inexpensive units used at home to huge, large, industrial types of shredders that will cost us thousands and thousands of dollars. As consumers, you probably know this, that you can choose from cross-cut shredders, particle-cut shredders, and hammer mill shredders. Also on the market are pierce and tear shredders and grinding shredders that use a rotating shaft with a sharp blade until the paper is small enough to fall through a small wire screen. And we think that paper shredders are just a modern convenience, right? (laughs) Think again. This morning we encounter a Tahar Hasofer shredder, translated in our text as knife. But more specifically, a Tahar Hasofer was used by Hebrews to shred a papyrus scroll. Eliakim is the name of the man in our text who is wielding such a shredder. But we know him better by his name bestowed upon him in 609 B.C. by Pharaoh Necho of Egypt. And that new name was King Jehoiakim. And King Jehoiakim is a master at using a Tahar Hasofer shredder. Now we use shredders to destroy bills and bank statements, credit cards, other important sensitive documents. But King Jehoiakim uses his shredder to destroy Jeremiah's scroll. The whole thing sounds almost ridiculous, doesn't it? A king versus a scroll? My, this hardly seems like a fair competition. Why, Jehoiakim can marshal all the royal hardware at his immediate disposal. He has unlimited political clout, and he can use it to squelch every other voice in the kingdom. And he is all concerned and shaken up about a scroll. It's 604 B.C. It's December And it is cold. And Nebuchadnezzar has just become the king in Babylon. And his first order is to crush Pharaoh Necho at the battle of Carchemish. And after that success, Nebuchadnezzar has his sights set for Ashkelon. Ashkelon is this fishing town some 40 miles south-southwest of Jerusalem. And since Jerusalem is on a mountain, Judahites could look on a clear winter day in December, south-southwest toward the Mediterranean coast, and they could see the smoke rising from the killing fields in Ashkelon. And so a fast was declared. An unprecedented fast, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem gathered for the fast in the temple in Jerusalem, and they began asking questions, wouldn't you? Questions like, 
Does Yahweh still love us? Is there going to be a hope or a future after Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon? And when will Yahweh finally send us a righteous king? Enter Jeremiah's scroll. In the living voice of Yahweh, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I will continue my faithfulness to you. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called Yahweh Tzidkenu, Yahweh our righteousness. You see, Jeremiah's scroll announces the living voice of the gospel. But enter the Tahar Hasofer, Shredder, in our text from Jeremiah 36, 23. As Jehudi read from three or four columns, King Jehoiakim would cut them off with a knife. You see, dreams must be killed, promises stifled, and the gospel must be silenced. Jehoiakim's voice is the only voice that matters. You know the feeling, don't you? I sure do. When enemies start attacking, much like the Babylonian war machine, only enemies like worry and anxiety and shame and brokenness and guilt and sin, and we see the smoke, don't we? We see the smoke rising from the killing fields, and we begin to trust in our ingenuity, our voice, our plans, our future. And so when the heat is on, our voice, my voice is the only voice that matters. What's Yahweh to do? In the fullness of time, he would send another scroll. And just like Jeremiah's scroll, this scroll promises love to the loveless and hope to the hopeless and a future to those who think they have no future. And here is Yahweh, our righteousness, But authorities and principalities of this present evil age had decided long ago that their voice would be the only voice that matters. So a Roman procurator named Pilate sentenced the scroll to be stripped naked. And there were professional shredders who ripped off the skin and muscle off his back and blood was splattered everywhere. Shredders do that. You see, they make a mess. But this was just to prepare the scroll for the most industrialized, most advanced shredder of the day. And this scroll was taken there. And he was lacerated and humiliated and discarded. There, they said, now our voice will forever be the only voice that matters. Jeremiah 36, 32. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch, who at the dictation of Jeremiah wrote down all the words that King Jehoiakim of Judah had shred and burned in the fire, and many similar words were added to them. Many similar words were added to them. It's as though Jeremiah says, mess with my sermon, and next time it will be twice as long. (laughs) 
I love it. But Jeremiah's new scroll, Jeremiah's reconstituted scroll was just the prelude and the first act and the spring training of Yahweh's final reconstitution of the scroll. And those people who saw Jesus alive after the shredding machine, they were beside themselves, weren't they? Mary screamed, Rabboni! The immense disciples were not our hearts burning within us. And for the ages, my Lord and my God. It means that (laughs) this scroll is alive with the living voice of the gospel. And it is authoring hope and proclaiming forgiveness and announcing love. It tells you that your weakness is strength. Your loss is gain, and your servanthood is greatness. Wherever this scroll is read, or studied, or loved, or memorized, or exegeted, or translated, all hegemonic forces are rendered empty and powerless. And this scroll is victorious over every authority and government who would try to tame its subversive power. Because this scroll so confronts and so courts us and so claims us, others have dared to stand before a king just like Jeremiah. The example today is from 477 years ago. June 25, 1530, at a place called Augsburg in Germany. And taking together the Torgau and Schwabach and Markberg articles, these evangelical confessors dared courageously to walk into the Roman shredding machine that was designed to destroy the scroll and the gospel it proclaims. And undaunted, these evangelical confessors place in the preface of the unaltered Augsburg Confession, this text from Psalm 119, verse 46. I will proclaim your decrees before kings and will not be put to shame like no other human document. The Augustana forcefully, convincingly argues that through 28 articles, this scroll is the living voice of the gospel, and this voice is the only voice that matters. So hear it again for the first time. Yahweh says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, and I will continue my faithfulness to you. And because of that, all scroll shredders are hereby today placed on full alert. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this scroll of the kingdom will never, ever pass away. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.